Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Hockey. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. That was not a fun hockey game. Like, um, what? I joke. It, it, it obviously it's an exciting game, um, but we made some very unintelligent um, plays, and that's what. And you know what? Due to their ability to check and ability to get sticks and on things and and um, <laughs> their skill set, but you know we made it harder on ourselves. In a lot of different situations. Dino! Welcome to the Judd's Hockey Show! My How guy. about the suit game? Oh, uh, Dino. The Dino suit game. Dino's got some Ari. Oh, man. Ari Gold and Dean Evison, I think, have the same suit, Taylor, because those things are how much you think tailored, that suit, baby. How, how much do oh. you think that, that one runs? Like I, if I, if after I, tailing? After tailoring, yeah, too? Yeah, like, like when he gets the final bill, how much do you think he paid for that suit? 2000 I got I got one suit? Yes. I got a suit I I got a suit from Are you serious? A, a nicer I won't name the place, obviously, but a, a, a nicer oh, and place. Will, from the, you an MOA. I would. And I'll take I'll take all of them. Um I got the suit and then the tailor. Yeah. I still paid after the tailor, I, I was close to a grand. I was close to a grand after the suit and the tailoring. And I and I, I got a nice suit. I have a really nice it's it's a nice suit. And I'm gonna guess Dino has I'm just gonna double it. So I'm gonna say it's probably two thousand bucks. So what do you think his clothing bill is then? Because I mean, he's a hockey oh, coach. Oh, the so clothing bill. He's is... got a closet. Yeah, he full probably of suits. does. Maybe, you know, maybe the misses or someone is helping him out there. I don't know. But yeah, you know, we could. I could do a whole thing on breaking down suits. With Dino. Now, are are hockey coaches like basketball ones where d- during the pandemic they've been given the option not to have to wear suits behind the bench? Because like you know, but the basketball coaches have basically been told, "Don't worry about it." Sure. So they've all gone to like, um, you know. Pullovers and mm-hmm. athletic-looking stuff, which I'm fine with. Right, uh, but I, I feel like the hockey guys. I, Torch doesn't wear a suit all the time, right? Sometimes Torch oh, no. has like a like a sweater on or yep. something. Yep. But I feel like the majority of the hockey people still wear suits. Yeah, no, that's probably accurate. That's probably accurate. Um, yeah, they're nice suits, dude. I like the athletic wear. I've always applauded as a guy as a guy who myself enjoys hoodies. I've always <laughs> applauded the football coach and now basketball coach wear something comfortable. Yeah. I'm with you. Like you're coaching a sport. Wear something comfortable. All right. So Dean Everson, the wild coach, was talking about, um, as we record this on Friday, Thursday night's overtime, or actually shootout win by the wild against the Golden Knights, which gets them, Declan Goff, back on track after they lost back-to-back games and did get one point because they lost in a shootout to the Sharks. Uh, How about the difference? Let's start with this. The, The difference 
those Sharks games were awful. Like, the Wild didn't play well. The games were just boring. Like, the Sharks don't... It's not a real exciting brand of puck that those two teams oh, played. God, no. And so those are 9.30 starts where, you know, by about halfway through the third, you're like, I'm sort of tired. I, I could really fall asleep right now. Last night's Wild Golden Knights game, and this is a credit, and I don't know why. When the Wild and Golden Knights play, it feels to me... Like the playoff intent, like there's a playoff intensity in yes. every one of those games. Yep. Last night was so much fun. And I don't even care who won. Just as, I mean, Cam Talbot was outstanding. The back and forth was great. Odd man rushes, which I'm sure drove our buddy Dino up the wall. But like that game, if you were a hockey fan, was so, so much fun to watch. 100%. It really, really was, man. I just got off, uh, before we started recording here, I just got off the horn with our former colleague, Lindsey Brown. Yeah, I, n- I never hear from her. Down anymore. in Las Vegas. Yeah, she only, she, I think she wants um, you know, the better perspective of Judd's Hockey Show. I get that. I, yeah, yeah I understand that. My cell phone must be broken. Yeah, it must be broken. I don't know. Maybe Stella ate your phone again. Um, but I was talking to her because she was asking me the same question. Because, I mean, they're in the West Division with us. They're playing those bottom feeders, too. And she said, do you think teams like the Wild Nate, you know, they get, so, they get stuck in that habit of playing down to their competition. Yeah. Down to the competition, right? Like those, those Sharks... And the Ducks and the Kings and the Yotes, you know, do, do you get fooled and do you get comfortable playing those teams? And then when you see the Avalanche, which, by the way, waxed the Wild the last two times out. But yeah. then, for whatever reason, the Wild play the Knights and it's this insane, very tight, back and forth, very fun brand of hockey. Um, what, what, what is it about hockey that'll just do that sometimes? You know, like, what, what, why is that? And, I, you know, sometimes the fans get so up in arms and so drinking the Kool-Aid, including this guy right here, drink some wild Kool-Aid as well, that you have to also lower your, not expectations, but but lower what you perceive this team can be. Because if you're beating the Ducks and the Sharks all the time, it only says so much. But if you're going toe-to-toe with the Knights, who I think, on paper at least, from a 30,000-foot view, are one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best, uh, the Wild give them fits. And Talbot was phenomenal last night. Hey, Robin Leonard finally getting some time in, and Leonard was great. I, that, I, I've been, been asking for concussion. I've been, I've been asking for uh, him to come back, and yeah, and you guys bell rung. We're getting to that in a little bit too, because I got takes on that. But but it was an insanely fun game. Uh, finally, after those snooze, even get, even those Blues games, who we haven't even seen that much of. Even those are mostly boring. The, the, these two teams would be absolutely fun to watch in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Blues games might be okay. The Abs. I don't know why. It seems like the Wild is not a great matchup for the Avs, and the Avs, that top line is just so damn good. It doesn't mean that the Wild can't beat the Avs on occasion, but I don't know what the reason is, but the Golden Knights and Wild just seem to be, the Golden Knights are better, but the the matchups themselves seem seem to be incredibly entertaining to watch, and, and the fact is that last night, though, and this will be the key in any playoff series in which the Wild endeavors. The goaltending and Cam Talbot was phenomenal. And that second period alone, he made those back-to-back saves, um, which were interrupted by faceoffs in his zone. But the save that he made on the guy who got the puck to his left, so right wing side, and had an open net, and Talbot flared his glove across and made that save. And then the same player for the Golden Knights came back after the following faceoff and had another great chance in front. And basically, all he had to do 
was shovel the puck in, I think on his back hit, into an empty net. And he tried that. And Talbot came with the paddle of his stick and made another. That save was probably as good or probably tougher than the glove save. I was going to say, I don't know which one you're more enamored by. Probably the second one because it's probably tougher. Well, the second one's tougher, but also it's unrealistic. Like, you know, like he's going to whack that stick, and I bet he misses it nine out of ten times. Now, the glove one, I'm not saying it's also he's going to get it every time, but the glove one, to me, was more impressive because, I mean, he had the, was it Tuck? It was Tuck, I think, wasn't it? No. Wasn't Tuck? No. Okay. Um, but he had the entire barn door open, and Talbot just slides from right to left beautifully, grabs it out of thin air, and then, yeah, in the next fa- ensuing faceoff, he whacks that stick, and it's it's just insane. And this is what happens when you get good goaltending. Isn't this insane? Isn't this, isn't this fun to see when, when you actually have competent goaltending? And, you know, Talbot and Capo have been even more than average. They've been above average. Uh, I believe the Knights and the Wild came into the league last night leading the league in save percentage. And that's just one metric. I don't fall in love with save percentage by any means. But at the same time, the goaltending for the Wild is is huge, man. It's It's been the, it's been the biggest reason, I think, uh, for their for the success this season. And that game last night was won by the goaltender. like yep. that. But that's what you need. So when, when we go to go back to the last couple of years of Judd's hockey show, Declan, when we talk about goaltender, so when you go into a playoff series, right, the goaltender has to win you a game or two. Yeah. Last night is the poster child for that game. Like that's that's the type of game where you play okay. Cause I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think that the the Wild in the back to back games against the Sharks didn't play well. I thought last night was a entertaining, really fun game. So I don't want to say they didn't play well, but they certainly gave up a lot of scoring chances. And those are the type of games where if you get into the playoffs that if Cam Tal if Cam Talbot or Kapokakinen can pitch a game like that once or twice, that's how you upset a team and win a playoff series. Where they where you get done and there is no question in your mind that the top star of that game is your goaltender. There's not like, a, well, this guy played well and the goaltender played pretty well. No, the goaltender won you that game. Yep. Goaltending has to steal you games in the playoffs. It absolutely does. And even... Um... Going back to that Jake Allen series, Jake Allen, well, he stole the whole damn series. He didn't just steal the game. Um, he stole the whole series. But at the same time, you need goaltending to do that for you here and there. Can the Wild, if they match up with Colorado in the first round, which, by the way, I think they lose in five, but it, it brings my point that can the Wild steal a game from Colorado in the best of seven series? Yeah, they can steal they a can game. Steal it's a hockey, game. And, and and will Talbot, Talbot probably have a good deal to do with that? Of course he would. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need those performances every once in a while. And that's where I, I'm fascinated by by the idea of, of a Knights and Wild playoff series. Off of that game last night, too. Secondary point, but the same type of thing. I thought you had a lot of guys last night that played okay. You know, not great games, not bad games. Yep. They played okay. They they were there. Cam Talbot was huge, absolutely huge. But you know what else you got last night? And this is the difference in the Minnesota Wild 2021 and the Wild last year or two years back. You know what you also got, Declan Goff? You got Kaprizov and Fiala Mm -hmm. were evident all game. And when they are, they are your stars. I don't care. I don't care who else you tell me about. Okay? If we're talking about a team, I'm serious here. I know you are. If we're talking about a team... That look like, you know, why don't you like the Wild previously? And now you're sort of high on them. Here's why. Because last night you won a a really fun hockey game, which your goaltender was phenomenal. Been a long time since we've seen that. 
at least consistently. Yep. And your star forwards were the, were a difference. And Fiala last night, God, I thought was incredible. That power And play. by the way, yeah. like I hope we're taking into account how much he does now. Like it's not just all offensive zone stuff. Um, he does a lot. He was at one point put out there to kill penalties. So like he's playing that well that the head coach who who knows him very well yep. back to uh back to the fact that Dean and Fiala crossed paths and Dean coached him in Milwaukee which is an affiliate of the Predators. So but Kaprizov last night had the jump I thought almost the entire game. Yeah. The Sharks games he was quiet. He, he flat and but he, but I mean he can always flash. Sure. Like he can always flash. Sure. sure. But didn't you think last night the 22 and 97 had the Jets going? Oh, 100% went, and you know, they're the Batman and Robin, and to your point of defensive zone, yeah, Dino's trusting him in the defensive zone for the first time in his career, essentially. So Fiala came in, uh, has come in through his NHL career. He has started in the offensive zone 60% of the time to just 40% in the defensive zone. So that, that was his career. This year, it. it's, it's split right down the middle 50-50. So he is starting in the offensive and defensive zone at the same rate where previously it was basically a two-thirds difference that he was always in the offensive zone. You put your offensive dynamic player in the... I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, it just that that, get, that that makes a lot of sense. But Fiala being in the defensive zone, also, not only can he pick up some more prowess and be a penalty killer and this, this, and that, but it can, it can get some in transition well, right? It starts them from one end of the ice to the other. And when he has open ice, he's dangerous to watch. And, I, you know, there was a breakaway or, or an odd man rush yesterday where he was on that he kind of fumbled on... That, and, and, and I, I think, think he got I think he got slashed, got slashed on on the end of that. Yeah, I, I don't think about. he just lost. I don't think he just lost the puck completely think, by himself. I think a lot, and for whatever reason, especially here on YouTube, there's one commenter, and I, I'm not going to name him because I don't know number one. I don't name it off the top of my head, but one of us, one of our commenters, <laughs> just despises our praise of Kevin Fiala, and I think Fiala can absolutely drive a hockey purist crazy. And I'm not trying to slight our, our our nice commenter there that you're, it's because you're a hockey purist. I love that you love hockey and you support and watch our show, dude. I'm all in on it. But also his turnovers and the things he does, I understand that frustrates you, but look at what he brings. Look at everything else he brings and it offsets those little problems, right? I mean, that power play, that he, that, the, the Spurgeon goal, Spurgeon gets the goal. That That's all Fiala. Yep. If you want to reward a goal instead of who actually shot the puck into the net, right. Fiala is the one who gets credit for that goal. That He was he directed all the traffic because what was he going to do? What was he going to do? And then there's Spurgeon right on the back door, bing, bang, boom. Yep. That was all Kevin Fiala. And also, yes, those two on the ice together, and now they're on the ice together, which is great. That's what I've been clamoring. You have to do this. Eventually, the, and the while we're so stagnant, Judd, Offensively, over the last few games, you had to have those two on the ice together. Oh. Fiala Kaprizov. Po- power play. Yeah. Okay. Well, but also, no, I think they started the they started on the lines together. They just didn't, uh, they started. Because they, they broke them up quick if they did. Because then, then they, they put they put Kaprizov with Eck and Greenway, and they put Fiala with Benino oh, right. and Rask. You're right. You're right. No, I, I My guy Rask. There was there, yeah, our, our guy Rask. <laughs> we can talk about that right. in a second. But you that. have to, like, that that's my point. Where eventually, mm-hmm. just go all in with Fiala, Ek, and Caprisa. Just put a top line. Ahead. Just do that. He's I think it can work. It. He, he doesn't want to do it. He yeah. does. He doesn't want I, to do I, it. I think that's the best way to go about it. He doesn't want to do it, and he really wants Ek with Greenway. He really does. And I get that. It makes sense. But I want to talk about three Caprisa um, plays from last night. The first one's the goal. Okay, the goal, which was a tip in, is phenomenal. 
I believe it was, was it Greenway who centered the puck? But that was not an easy tippet. And his, my God, his hands yeah. and hand-eye coordination is unbelievable. In fact, Valley Sports North showed a play. It didn't amount to much, I don't think. But they showed a play last night where somebody flipped the puck into neutral for Kaprizov, but it was still in, in the air. Mm-hmm. And with his stick, he knocks it down and takes it and goes. Yeah. Um, that's it, the goal insane. is, but, but the goal, I mean, the, the, his ability, his ability to combine hand eye coordination with finding the space and making a play in a phone booth is off the charts. Yep. Is off the charts. The second thing Kaprizov that I want to get into, did you see the, did you see the McNabb hit when yeah. Kaprizov tried to turn he tried to make that that move where he's going to stop on a dime and turn back and go towards the go towards the slot. Mm-hmm. And McNabb clearly had seen it on film and laid him out. And this was one of the first times that I've seen Krill like laid out like at at high speed. And the camera, of course, followed the play, so we didn't get to see it. And I thought, where is he? Is he up? Because like he got laid <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, he got his bell rung. And what I love about this kid. He was back in the play in two seconds. Yep. Like this is the the KHL thing to me. So prepared him for. Oh my God! I just got absolutely clocked. Okay, cool. Right. I'm back. But I mean, I was waiting for him to be down. You know, moaning and growing on the ice, getting off the ice as quick as he could. It didn't phase him one bit. Yeah, he. I think with the KHL, um, number one, it's the second best league in the world, and we all know that it, it is. It, it's better than the American Hockey League. Um, it, it is. It's got former NHL players there, but it's a it's a damn tough league. Uh, it, it, it's not going to be a league that just predicates on offense and high flying, and no one's there's going to be you know low checking and this this and that. It's a tough league, and he's built like a brick house, I think. But it's still surprising to see. A guy of his nature, because he doesn't necessarily look big, you know, like especially if he had nope. all of his gear off. I don't think you would necessarily be shocked he was as strong as he is. You'd maybe say, yeah, he's definitely an athlete. Look at him. I mean, for God's sakes. But he has been not not just the, the natural skill with the puck and what he's able to do, but his strength, I think, has been the biggest surprise for me. His strength and his resilience to, to take a hit. Also, get in other people's faces. Mm-hmm. He's a star player. A lot of star players sometimes they're they're gonna butt out of that, and they're gonna let the enforcers and their bigger bodies help the, help their teammates out. But he's he's not afraid to get in someone's face Last either. Night and I like that. Yeah. Last night, yeah, he was right there. But yeah, I love the fact that he can take a hit and get back up. Uh, last thing, and I, I believe this was third period, and he damn near scored. And again, it's incredible. Kaprizov's behind the net. He then tries. He's got a guy on him, basically draped on him. From the Golden Knights. He takes the puck, whips it around, and tries to score far side on a wraparound. But he does it in one motion. And I'm telling you, I bet you 90% of players in this league, if they tried that far side move, mm-hmm. it goes off their sticks into the corner, right? Yeah. Because it's so quick. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough play. He damn near scored. The save was made. It's a nice save. But the point is, it's just another play that this kid can, this guy can make. That how many players can make that move? And I can tell you off the top of my head, I don't think there's anyone else on his team, maybe Fiala, but I don't think so. Oh, no, who can make that move 
and get a shot on goal that, in which the goaltender has to make a pretty nice save. I think Fiala can make that move. I don't think he gets the shot. Um, That's the thing is, oh, right. I think ordinarily that shot dribbles off your stick, right? Or or it just goes to the corner yeah. because you can't you can't pivot your wrist quick enough to get it on net. Yeah, I um, I think with what he is able to bring, it's why we're so spoiled, and it's why we keep just singing his praises because. He he is truly a very special player, and this team has lacked it forever. Fiala's a nice player. I I I'm I think I am ahead of the Kevin Fiala fan club in this state of hockey. I'll lead it. I'll and if 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 there's a running for it, I'm I'm on that ballot. I would hope people understand that he's really good. I think people do, but again, I think they get frustrated with how like he's he can turn over a puck or do this and that well, or, or no. He, he's had one goal in his last ten games. You know, I can understand it. I I want him to score more too. I'm I'm with you here there, but he is just as essential the wild success as as the other top players on this team he's not on very good lines no i mean i'll go back i'll I'll just look there are times there's no question there are games that we have been to where he gets frustrated and it hurts him and he'll take penalties um and he'll make a dumb play totally see that okay Mm -hmm. but there's all but he's also like last night he's doing a lot of work all over the ice that a lot of guys with his skill don't like to do or won't do I mean, I, I just I think we should acknowledge that this guy is a damn good player, mm-hmm. and I mean he's not he's not Kaprizov, but who is? No one. Kaprizov's basically he is a superstar talent. Fiala, I think, is a star talent. Like I think he can be a star. He's not a star on a nightly basis, but he can be a star. Um, in fact, <clears throat> should we get to our fa- favorite discussion point? Line, the line, lines, line combinations. The line combinations, time for lines. The line combinations, what's going on here? Okay, I want to talk about line combinations. Yeah. Um, couple things jump out at me. All right? The first thing. Line last night. Yep, look at it. I'm very confused. Fiala? Not confused. Rask? Ugh. The slipper got turned in at mid, like he, it's over. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. over. The slipper's gone. Okay, yeah. I don't yeah, I care know. if he hit a crossbar. The slipper is gone. Yep. Okay. Cinderella had her dance, and now it's done. Um, and then, I, and then I want to talk about the other wing on that line because this has now become a thing since the Sharks, yeah, s- series, and I'm very confused by like it. it. Nick Benino's now a wing. Right. Okay. Help. I'm going to ask you and help me. Okay. Nick Benino has his strengths. Great locker room guy. Yep. Works his ass off on yes, the sir. ice. Um, but he's not a, certainly a great player, and he's a veteran. And he was a guy on a team that's awful at faceoffs who actually had some spurts and can win faceoffs. Okay, yeah he, yeah, he can. So why is he playing wing? When he can win faceoffs, and furthermore, why is Victor Rask being treated like he's important? Like at every turn, Victor Rask would be the guy. Like, let's see, should I scratch a Sturm or Rask? And Sturm, by, by the way, can play center. Yeah. Uh, let's see, should I? Uh, uh, who should we scratch tonight? Oh, it's going to be Rask. Let's see, who should play center, Benino or Rask? Oh, hold on a second, Benino should. <laughs> like, why is Victor Rask getting any consideration here whatsoever? He went through a nice little streak playing with a couple really good players. The chemistry went poof, it's gone. He's still not good. No. And I don't care if he scores goals. He's still not good, and he's still always going to revert back to being Victor Rass. Yeah, I think he's next to get scratched here. 
Um, but can you explain this to me? And no, why, I, why I is don't, Bonino on the wing? I don't know because because Rask. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give Rask this. Rask can win a faceoff. But the, so can Benino. Year. And so can right. So can Benino. So, so what I, are we doing? So, so right. I I don't know is what I'm trying to tell you that I I don't really understand why you would put both of them together when two of them are or they might be your best two faceoff guys on the same line. So I don't get it at all. Um, maybe I, the idea with how much zebras kick people out that you can slot them in like. But, and, no. but then that's just dumb. You're no, just no. That that's make stupid. Any sense. No. I would Late to be honest. It's okay. I would uh, to be honest. I would either. Well, Kyle Rouse probably gonna get scratched again. I mean, Kyle Rouse just a yeah, he is he, who he is. He's a filling guy. Um, and then Johnson has now been the fourth line center. And whatever, Luke Johnson can play fourth line center. I'm all right with that. And but, he can win some faceoffs. I feel whatever. like they've become way too enamored with that, though. Yep. Like they're so bad on faceoffs. Okay, I get that. But why is Benino then not taking fa- not taking draws? Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Right. I I would put Nico Sturm back in this lineup. So would I. To be honest, I would just swap Rask for Sturm. Give Sturm, give Sturm a run. I don't think I don't think there's any harm. And look, he's not that player. People don't look at him as that player. But th- there is no harm to me in putting Nico Sturm on that top six with Fiala. I don't. I don't. I do not see it. I don't. I don't see. The, I don't see the huge issue there. If the floor is Victor Rask, if our Loris yeah. expectation is no, Victor right. Rask, you're right. The basement is not Nico Sturm. It is not. There's not a step down there. Well, yeah. No, you're right. So, so try out. And Sturm also has some speed. Like Sturm is probably a fourth, bottom six guy, but Sturm has that, speed. That's what I want to. That's what I want to see because I think you're right about that too. I, yes, that's what I. That's why I want to see him. I think he has. Yeah, because I think he has speed, and I think that there's more there, and I think the more responsibility that he possibly gets, the better he'll be. I but, agree. But, but you, but I mean, you you were trying Nick Bukestead as a top six center mm-hmm. at one point, okay? <laughs> if you're going to do that, then it's on. Right. Then you can do anything you want. Like, you can't come back and say, well, you don't understand, Judd. Bukestead deserved that, and Sturm's not there yet. Nick Bukestead's a depth guy who has, you know, settled into a fourth-line right wing, which is, I'm fine with that. But you can do whatever you want. I just, I'm, the the Rask thing, though, needs to end. Like, you got a spurt from him. He can give you spurts. And you got that spurt. But that's it. That's it. I mean, this is not going to, this is not a, let's reunite Rask and Zuccarello and Kaprizov and recapture the magic of those two weeks. No, you got what you're going to get. Now either scratch him. He, but, I mean, he should always be the starting point of do we even need to play him. Right. And, and you know what? If my GM comes to me and says, what are you doing with Victor Rask? I'm going to tell him the truth. I'm going to say, dude, until we get centers here, we got to play them. I'll do whatever. Well, yeah. and I'll just do what I want with these guys. For sure. Like these are, I like him, but I mean, I can put Victor Rask, Ryan Hartman, Nick Bukestead, um, Johnson in a, in a tumbler right. and, and shake <laughs> them up and dump them out. And I can play them like that. Right. You know, I mean, nobody, no, I like Eck because of what Eck brings. Yep. Uh, so I would not include him in that. But, you know, Rask, Hartman, Johnson, Bukestead, Benino, too, to a certain degree. But, I mean, I would, given the importance that I think Benino has off and on the ice decks, mm-hmm. I would give Benino way more consideration about how I'm going to use guys than, yes. than Victor Rask. No, you're right. You're totally right. And, look, the trade deadline's here in a couple weeks. Maybe, you know, they're try- I don't think there's gonna be really going to be big buyers at the deadline this year. I think mostly it's going to be a seller's and also swapping kind of like contract and 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 basically matching yeah. salary. Yeah. It's going to be probably a pretty quiet deadline. That's um, what I, I think you're – I think you're right. Uh, like, obviously, I love – 
crazy NHL trade deadline. It typically is a little crazy. I love breaking it down, keeping it on Sportsnet and TSN and all all, of, all the great channels all day to break it down in a normal year. I know, I'm getting emotional, I'm emotional too. You and I did that last year in 2020. But I think mostly it's not going to be that. So, you know, if, if if someone wants to take Victor Rask and we take on an equally, you know, probably Albatross contract, it depends who that player is, I'm I'm willing to listen. I'm not just going to say I'm, I'm out on that completely 100%. I think that's maybe his goal is to possibly keep him in the lineup so someone can take the app and say, oh, but Victor, he has eight goals this year, and, and he only had five in, you know, in the last hundred games before that. So I think that's kind of their thing, too. And, he, and also to that point, you know, Johansson. Johansson, there's something different here. Even, and I've been his biggest critic, I think, also in this state. I, I, I don't like him. I, don't, I, I, I didn't like what he brought, but I, I will even admit, in the last two weeks since he's come back, he's been a good player. He's been a very good player. He's been what they wanted him to be. He's been moving very well. He's fast as heck. Um, and that's another guy. Again, if someone wants a rental, take him. I think you're just fine without him as well. I think you're just fine, got fine without him as well. Yeah, and he had so he had some some plays. I, there was one shift in particular against the Sharks and the Shark Tank on Wednesday hmm. where he turned over the puck twice and it was just inexcusable. It was just lazy and awful. But, yeah, he's been – but. Yeah, I mean, Johansson w- would go in the same tumbler that I'm talking about of mix him up, shake him up, whatever. I don't care. Um, they, ju- I mean, the realization center-wise is for the most part, they just don't have them. Yeah. Like, they're trying. But, I mean, that's why I'm getting confused about the Benino move and what Ra- and what they're doing with Rask and why they seem to be giving Rask preferential treatment like he's still – I mean, does Victor Rask have some some skills? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But he can't keep up. He can't skate with this game today. Okay, I mean, no. that game last night, Dex, yep. which, which, again, because it's back and forth, was marvelous. You could see it in Rask, Ian Cole, who I love. I love that pickup. But that game was too fast for Cole. The Cole-Susie mm-hmm. combination in a game like that, that's trouble, man. Because the Golden Knights – basically run transition like a fast break. Like they are looking to transition, bang, 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 bang. And they are not going to dilly-dally around with a puck. So if you're Cole or Susie, like you probably don't move fast enough to combat what they're going to do on a consistent basis. Yeah, I, I'm ready to kind of punt on the Carson Sue. I'm not saying punt as not like just cut him, but. I think last year through the first 40 games, someone like you're kind of like, oh, there's something unlocked here. Like he's, he's jumping in the play a little bit more. He's, he's scoring some points. Oh, he might not just be like a bottom six guy. This actually could be maybe a borderline top four dude. I don't think so. I think he is who he is. That's not to say he's not a serviceable hockey player. I don't mean to completely rip him, but I, I think we got fooled a little bit in that first half splurge a season, a season ago where he went off. And I, 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 to be honest, I would rather keep around if you're going to ask me just for two years. And I typically defer to younger players here. If I could keep Ian Cole or Carson Susie for the next two seasons, I'm keeping Ian Cole. Oh, I love Ian Cole. I really do. I but, do. He just can't keep. He's just not. Oh, yeah. Like, there are teams, the Avs probably as well, for sure, right? Yes. The Golden Knights, they're just so di- damn fast. Now, if he was, if Cole was asked to be a top four, you're in trouble. But as a but as a 5-6 guy, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'm just saying it's go- it, would be t- it would be difficult in a playoff series for his veteran savvy to make up for his probably lack of speed. No, I get that. That's that's accurate. I mean, that's just like it, it is who he is. All right, rant about the overtime situation <laughs> and the uh, the goaltender interference called on Erickson Eck when he collided with Leonard last night. Look, when you're coming in that hot, and I understand there was a trailing behind him, 
Yep. And nope, you're going to be ducking. Um, Pacioretty. Pacioretty was right behind Max him. Pacioretty was right behind him. I know there was a push. I'm not. I'm not saying there was not contact, but he was coming in so hot. Let, let's say there, he doesn't get pushed. There was zero chance he was going to be able to avoid him. And the league will always protect the goaltender 100%. They're going to protect the goalie every single time. That is interference. If you want to make the case that, well, then take them both because that, that's BS. They're always going to protect the goalie. What does X supposed to do? Well, first off, if he's going, guns a-blazing, full speed, hey, Leonard, here I come, and yeah. you hit him, that's just goalie interference every time. Huh? They're going to call that every single time. I'm, I, I think there's so many, and, and I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give them this a little bit. The officiating this year has been horrible in the NHL. It's been, a sec, it's been exceptionally bad. Maybe not horrible, but exceptionally bad. But the refs aren't working against your favorite team. Number one, the refs are not working against your favorite team. They are not doing that. Get, get off get off your head. Am I being a homer? Ask yourself that. A- am, I, am I being a homer watching all these calls go the other way? I understand if you want to take both. I get it, but I, I'm serious. They're going to take Eck every single time for that play or yeah. any player that crashed got, into the goalie. In, in fact, I think he, he had missed um, a few weeks before that because of concussions. Flurry started all of those games that he did previously for the Golden Knights against the Wild because he had been out with concussion. So I'm with you. I think the rules should be rewritten for that predicament exactly. If you are cutting in, if you have a, in fact, you know what I'll do? I'll combine the NBA and hockey. Okay. If you have a clear path, like a clear path foul, yep. if you have a clear path to the goaltender, and I push you and accelerate you, I should go too. Because if we're going to try to protect the goalie, yep. everyone has to do it. It can't just be the opponent. Yeah. So if I have a clear path, which Eck pretty much I think did, and Pacioretty didn't, I mean, it was actually a, a good play because he didn't hook him down. He grabbed him a little bit. You could have called that. But if I'm going to shove you so to basically accelerate your movement towards my goaltender, I think that should be some type of clear path foul. So if the goaltender crash or if the goaltender then gets crashed into, everybody is held responsible. Because you're right about Eck. I just don't think it's fair to assume that he would have crashed into the goaltender mm-hmm. when he was helped. That sure. that that would be my that would be my assessment. Because here's the thing: when you give a power play in three on three, which then becomes a four on three. As we saw, and Talbot was great. He was marvelous. But, I mean, it is hard to kill that off. Yeah. Like, five on five on four, you got some protections as far as guys, and you mm-hmm. can play that fan out a little bit. Four on three, man, it makes it really, really simple to get good scoring chances. But, yeah, I as far as the Wild being screwed, I saw a couple tweets about that last night, and the officials are against us. No, they're not. They're not against anybody. Yeah, God, people. They're Wake not against it. It's, it's, look. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. Officials and announcers are not against your team. Like, Joe Buck does not hate the Vikings, and the referees from last night did not hate the Wild. That's our biggest problem. Correct. Everybody always thinks the announcers hate us. Look at how anti-Minnesota they are. <laughs> and damn it, the officials do too. Yeah, no, that's not the case. All right, final thoughts. Are you good? Uh, I think I'm, I'm mostly good. I'm excited to see what they do one more time here against the Knights. At least it's on a Saturday this time. We'll Got some home bed. games coming up then. Yes, Colorado yes. on Monday, they're, they're going to allow 3,000 fans in. Yeah, thank God. Which means I'm going to have to park a little bit not as convenient as I have. Well, I, I think you'll still be able to get in that ramp. Oh, um, you get in the ramp. I'm just saying I've been on the top floor because there's no one there. Yeah.
That's true. Oh, but I'm happy to have fans back. Yeah, like, me too, Like man. everybody else in the media. I'm so happy. Me and Bally Sports are all happy to have fans back. <laughs> it's going to be emotional. All right, do your thing. Fast shoot score. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.